0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy Chaz Pearson, and this is the Outlet form with my esteemed co-host, Chris Camello. What up, though, Chris? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys hey. in every store. We got game winners. We got buckets. We got touchdowns. We got pitchers signing major deals that are not named Otani. We got trades. We got it all going on in the sports world right now. And we got another episode of some fire outlet form for you this week. This is the last show of the year and the last time you'll hear from us until the second week of January. So get in your fixing right now and tune in. But Chris. Yes, sir. We got to start first with Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry put on an absolute show Mm. for the people. Boston Celtics went down in a heap. They were actually up. They led the majority of the game. And the Golden State Warriors were able to c- claw back in that third quarter. Steph Curry goes off. Hits the night-night clutch three in overtime to seal the deal. And the Warriors finally get a big-time win over a team that's over five hundred. Not only just over five hundred, but one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league, in the Boston Celtics at 20-6. And the Golden State Warriors were able to have that type of outing. And I just love the fact that Steph Curry had 33 points. Efficient, 11 of 21 from the field, made all of his free throws. Derek White had an impressive 30 points, uh, 11 of 24 from the field. Jason Tatum sprained his ankle, which is why he's out against the Sacramento Kings. But somehow Boston is beating the Sacramento Kings on the Mm -hmm. second out of a back-to-back by almost 20. But... We'll get back to the Warriors and just say they're playing much better. Klay Thompson looks better. Yeah, Steph, Cur- Steph Curry looks better. Even though Draymond is out, this is kind of galvanizing their team. And what I like most is that Jonathan Kaminga is playing great. He looks like a player that has some experience now. Now that he's played in some games, now that he's getting uh, – he or has a role night in and night out, playing 30-plus minutes a night on most nights 17 points seven rebounds two assists two seals he's looking like a real player out there Chris what do you make of the Warriors surge not really surge overall but I guess they're, they're a great game against the Boston Celtics and what do you see from them overall moving forward do you think that they can sustain this can they play 500 ball until Draymond gets back what do you make of it man
1: well, first of all, I just want to wish everyone a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, whatever you're celebrating out there this week. I know Hey, yo, you got the storm out there right now. People got some last minute gifts like myself coming in over the last few days. Uh, but yeah, no, it it is a great time in, in sports. And it's also the weird time where football and basketball kind of collide on the same week, you know, Christmas day usually belongs to the NBA, but this year the NFL is, is encroaching on that. Uh, but I tell you those two games with the return of John Morant. Uh, hitting the game winner against the Pelicans. Welcome back, Ja. I mean, that was a performance right there. What a comeback that was. TNT had to be salivating because they got two incredible performances by two of the elite guards. And Steph was absolutely marvelous. And, and I like how you brought up Jonathan Kaminga because not only did he get did he get it done with 17 points we're starting to see him grow as a two-way player. He's taken on the difficult assignments of guarding the Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatums and everything like that. And he really held his own. I mean, he's taking the spot that Andrew Wiggins was so good at a couple of years ago that helped the Warriors uh, not only get to the finals, but, but win their fourth championship in six years, but the night belonged to chef Curry. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. And like you said, Chaz, the night, night three, put a, you know, turn out the lights, tuck in the kids. And the arc on
0: that thing, man. The arc on that thing went to the ceiling and came down, didn't even touch the rim.
1: It was a rainbow. It was a rainbow. And, you know, for Steph, this is a big moment for him and a big moment for, for the golden state warriors. And I, and I like how you said it galvanized them because this in the midst of the Draymond controversy, and that's all everybody was talking about. Even Shaq brought it up. He doesn't need counseling because he's a good person off the court. All of this stuff is on the court. Yeah, but there, there are degrees to this, but they're not using that as an excuse. They're using it as a way to bring this squad together next man up okay yeah we're missing a big piece but who's going to step up i'll tell you who thompson davis a guy i barely even heard of a former first round pick coming up with a big time block on jalen brown late in the game comingo we mentioned clay thompson welcome back clay boy did the the the, uh, golden state warriors need you and of course we know what steph is capable of doing because he's been doing it all year the problem is it just like he was saying it didn't lead to a lot of wins so this was a huge game and hopefully this could be something that the Warriors can build on. We all know the Western Conference, Chaz, is a shit show. It, everyone's going to beat each other up. They're going to cannibalize each other. So, you know, we were, uh, I was even thinking, how many wins is it going to be to get the first seed? 50, maybe 52 wins this year. So if that's no the more standard. Exactly. No more than 55. So if that's the standard for the Warriors, they don't need to be what they were years ago. They just need to be better than what they've been. And hopefully they could build on this and, and, you know, use this win. Uh, to to finally get some momentum uh, in in their way because I tell you right now you don't want to waste the season that Steph Curry is having
0: absolutely not but it seems like Draymond is kind of like intent in to do so is what it seems like based on his actions so far uh, this season but Shaq actually said two things on the TNT broadcast last night that stood out to me the first of which of what you were saying in terms about Draymond not needing counseling. Um, I understood what he, what he meant and where he was where he was going, but he's out of his mind if he doesn't think that somebody's personal life has anything to do with their on court personality. You don't just flip a switch and just turn it on and turn it off, and and drop what you got going on. If something is affecting you outside of the court, it's gonna affect you on the court regardless. In terms of how, especially if you don't have the tools needed to be able to deal with it the right way internally, so. That's just my personal opinion on that comment that Shaq made. But another comment that he made had to do with Steph Curry after that overtime win. Take a listen.
1: I'm wondering, not saying, I'm just wondering because he's been consistently the best shooter his whole career. I'm wondering is it time to start putting him as the best player of all time?
0: Best player. Oh you put him over you. In, in, in the conversation. I'm I, asking you. Yes. You put him over you. Okay. You p- yourself
1: Way put better, Steph Curry yes, over you. Yeah, that this is why he's my favorite player I'm not saying favorite. Play, he might be my favorite too, but I'm just asking you I think play, he's better than you. I played twenty years, watched twenty years before that. I've never seen a guy like him. And he's doing it consistently and he has championships. You put him Maybe over. No, no, I'm not putting them anywhere. I'm saying, okay, you know, for all the chitter chatter, is it time to just put them in the conversation?
0: Okay. So we we did this after the Warriors won the 2022 championship. Mm -hmm. 2022, two years ago. We did this and had this conversation for weeks, if not months on end, after the parade in San Francisco. And we, I mean, we already knew, yes, Steph Curry. Crack the top 10. Now Shaq's trying to move it a little further and say that. Is he in the discussion of greatest of all time? I'll be, let me just say this. If Steph Curry's name comes up before Kobe's, if you mention LeBron, MJ, Kareem is okay, but the next person has to be Kobe Bryant. Has to be. Yeah. If he comes up before Kobe, that argument is null and void, in my opinion. In my opinion as well, is he a part of the GOAT conversation? No, not just yet. One more chip, and then he's in that because of what he's done with transcending the game, and then some. But he, that's the beauty of this argument or this this conversation. And I'll give it to you like this, Chris. Mm-hmm. He's still playing. He's still playing. There's still a part of the story that's still being written nice. by guys like Harden, Kawhi, PG, Russ, CP3, Draymond, Clay, LeBron, AD. These are all all time greats. Dane, Giannis. Yeah, I probably got too young at that point. Once I mentioned, yeah, don't forget the Joker. Don't forget Luca. No, no, but, but, but that's, that's what I mean. I, yeah, those guys are too young. These are guys that are, that what I'm talking about are guys that are on the backside of their career that have a very high chance of being hall of famers that still have a part of their story. That's being written Steph Curry as well. So in saying this, it's not to say that Steph Curry is not going to be a part of the goat discussion at some point by the time he retires. But in my opinion, I think, no, not right now. I think what Kenny said in response to Shaq was great in saying that that conversation really is only for about three or four people. LeBron, MJ, Kareem, Kobe. I agreed with him. Once you get after that, you're you're starting to reach after that in terms of single greatest player of all time. But that's not to say that he's not going to be in the conversation. And I'll even take it a step further and say that Steph Curry will be. A part of the conversation of greatest of all time when he's all said and done what do you make of it
1: yeah it was a very kind of a bold comment that came out of nowhere and and this is one of those you have to kind of you have a knee-jerk reaction because a guy has an amazing game he hits an amazing shot in overtime against a great team and it definitely gets you feeling some kind of way i mean i've always said this Steph: there are very few players in the history of this game who have been game changers Guys who changed the game, changed how a position was played. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan did that. Magic Johnson did that for point guards. Him and Larry saved the NBA. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, probably one of the most skilled big men of all times, even going back to a guy like Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Bill Russell changed how the game was was defended from the center position. The rebounding and the blocking shots. It didn't you didn't need someone like Wilt scoring 50 a game. You could be someone like Bill Russell scoring 20 a game, but also grabbing 15 to 20 boards and blocking, you know, four or five shots a night. With Steph, what he did was he changed not just the point guard position, he changed how basketball was played as far as the three point shooting, the pace and space. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it kind of started with Nash uh and and Dan Tony in the seven seconds or less. But he elevated that to the next level. And not only did he elevate it, Chaz, he won championships with that style. See, that was the one thing that people were reluctant against because it's like, well, Nash and Dantoni haven't been able to do it. What makes you think Kerr and, and Steph and the, or it's uh, Kerr and the Splash Brothers are going to be
0: able to do it. Thank you. I was just about to say that. I don't mean to cut you off. No, but but he did not do it singularly by himself. That style of play was implemented because he had a splash brother and because he had a coach that supported it. And because he had a teammate in Draymond Green who was offensively challenged, (laughs) defensively great and set great screens to get both of those guys open so it's just a perfect storm and why all four of those guys need to stay together until the end of their careers until they retire as coaches as players whatever the case may be but i don't think steph curry is singularly by himself like wilt chamberlain changed the lane right can't give credit to steph curry for that singularly, just by himself, and that's where now, that's
1: where I usually judge greatest of all time. It's not just what you do on the court, but did you change? Did you impact something? And it's the same thing in music. Contribu-
0: Contribute to
1: yes, yes. It's the same thing in music. It's the same thing in movies or TV. Is there a genre or, or was there a type of show or type of movie that changed how films were made forever? That's always something you can measure. Greatest of all time. Steph is going to be known as a game changer and one of the all-time greats. Obviously, he's already the greatest shooter of all time. You can't take that away. He's a four-time champion. He's a finals MVP. He's a two-time regular season MVP, multiple-time all-star, all-NBA, Olympian, uh, or gold medalist uh, for, for the Olympic squad. He's done it all. If he were to retire tomorrow, Chaz, the guy, you could already etch his name into Springfield. I mean, that's just how good he is. I am not, I agree with you, but that's,
0: but hold on, I, hold on. I, that, I hold that's on. not, that's not the argument though. No, no, I, Springfield.
1: okay. I get it. Let me finish. Okay. I'm, ahead. I'm talking about Steph as the collective. All okay. that being said, unfortunately, he still falls a little short compared to Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, as well as I would even say Kareem a little short. I think all for me, he, you could make an argument for him. Top 10 all time. I think he's done enough to, to crack that with everything as he said.
0: Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. No, absolutely. no
1: top 10 all time. After that, it, it's to put him above those other guys. I don't, I, where I'll disagree with you is, well, if he gets one more championship, it's on there. Eh, maybe, maybe uh, I would say at that point, maybe you put him slightly ahead of LeBron, but you still put him short no, of, of those no. other guys.
0: Uh, of those no, other well, guys. He did. He, what I no, what? Let me clarify what i slightly mean. slightly short I, of LeBron. When, when, I would say when I when I say I'm slightly wins, ahead of LeBron. Yeah. When I say Steph Curry wins one more championship in order to need, not that one more championship is going to put him over those guys. One more championship is going to get him into the conversation where you can mention his name, and I'm not going to call you a bumbling idiot. That's what I mean by one more champion. Okay,
1: okay. Uh, Point taken, point taken. I mean, it's a tough conversation. I'm glad Shaq threw it out there. It gives us something to talk about. But I don't know if everyone's going to be on that because there were so many guys who not only impacted the game, Chaz, but they played the game well both ends you know, Kobe, Jordan, Kareem, they all impacted the game also on the defensive end of it. Bill Russell, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, not only were averaging 20 points a game, but they kept other dudes from averaging 20 points a game, which yeah. is an easy thing to, to do. But um, yeah, you know, I, let me retract that comment. I don't, I don't think I put him ahead of LeBron. I think because no. LeBron's the all-time leading scorer, uh, I still think Steph will fall just short of that. Yeah. Okay, he's top 10 for me all time, even whether he wins the championship. He's not the greatest of all time. Greatest shooter of all time. Yes, not the greatest player of all time.
0: Sorry, that, And with that, we move on to an even better topic. Two teams who are playing great right now. One team has been playing great consistently since the opening tip-off at the end of October, and another team has come on late after losing, I think, seven of their eight games after a big trade. And that'll be the Clippers. And the T-Wolves. And both of these teams are playing, like I said, great. The T-Wolves are coming off a loss. They went up to Philly. Got a 51-piece dropped on them by Joel Embiid. Ain't no shame in that. That's the reigning MVP of the league. But I love the way that Carl Anthony Towns played against Embiid in that game. I like the way that Ant-Man. Ant-Man is doing his thing. And even Gobert is playing great. And they're playing together. Chris, this is the team, in my opinion... That number one is the most shocking, the most collectively together type of team that I haven't that I haven't really seen, and I really didn't see it coming from them because they seem to fall apart. But I think what it is is Anthony Edwards really moving up on the ladder in terms of being a leader, especially coming from the Team USA experience that he had over the summer with Steve Kerr and the re- and Austin Reeves and Halliburton and, and everybody else, but. I think also it's a step back for Cat as well as Gobert. So what do you make of it? Do you think that the T-Wolves are more surprising? And do you think that they're going to go further than the Clippers? Or do you like what the Clippers and put more stake in what they're doing and it shows that they're going to go further? What What do you make of it, man?
1: Well, first of all, you left off an important name for the Timberwolves as far as somebody who brought Substance. Leadership. And so, yeah, he's still got a little lead left in his pencil. Come. Mike Conley Jr., brother. Yeah. Mike Conley Jr., former lottery a, pick, Ohio State. Yeah, also going into year 17 or is in year 17. So, this guy has given them exactly what they need from the point guard position. And with him, he's bringing the leadership and the experience. And I think that's kind of, we saw flashes of it last year, but now having a training camp and a full season, I think he's had a very positive effect. That being said, You know, the 14 feet of nothing that Charles Barkley threw shade at to both Gobert and Towns when they were getting smoked by Jokic still holds water when a guy like Joel Embiid is able to drop 51 on both of those dudes and Nas Reed. So make it, I guess, 21 feet of nothing with those three guys. Uh, But no, I think you have to give credit to what the Wolves are doing. But the Clippers seemingly came out of nowhere. They had lost six in a row. They were getting smoked. The whole Harden thing looked like a disaster. Everybody was questioning what's going to happen with them. They don't have enough defense. They don't have enough size. They, they, they're, uh, you know, Westbrook and Harden can't do it. But you know what? Clippers have figured it out. Since the calendar flipped over to December, they have been outstanding. Just won their ninth straight on Tuesday night, uh, beating a very good Dallas Mavericks team at home. And they have not only been winning, Chaz, they've been annihilating the competition. They dropped 151 in Indiana the other night. 151 on the road so this is a team
0: go ahead no
1: i'm just saying and indiana yeah they've been struggling since the right uh, since since the season tournament i'll give you that a little
0: bit of a qualifier
1: yeah a little bit of yeah of course but i but you have to still give credit that's not easy to do Do to go into you think the lakers could go into indiana right now and drop 151 no Many teams can't. I wouldn't even see. I, I couldn't even say that the Denver Nuggets could, or or the Celtics, or the Bucks, for that matter. So give credit where it's due. I think for the Clippers, what helped them was Russell Westbrook volunteering to come up off the bench, similar to what we saw him do last year with the Lakers. Once he did that with the Lakers, what happened? Good things started happening they started winning more they were more Off balanced race, and everything better exactly and you know I, just like lebron and westbrook were not a good fit together westbrook and harden are not a great fit on the court together so now what what westbrook even though the numbers aren't flashy he stabilizes that second unit good fit with pat man and pal and also too you called this out and and i agree the daniel tice signing was sneaky good they needed a backup center you. to to replace yeah that was a good call Uh, and we and I think we all forgot that this guy is he's a solid center put him in the right system he's been good so I think those two components combined with how healthy they are the fact that Harden has bought in the fact that uh, everyone is kind of learning how to play with one another that's been good and here's the thing with the Clippers they don't need Harden to do the heavy lifting that he had to do in Houston and more recently even with the Philadelphia 76ers if they can get a 18 to 22-point performance out of him with 7 to 10 assists and one turnover, then you could defer the heavy lifting to Kawhi and PG. So if you're thinking long-term, Harden and health are going to be the two keys to victory on there. And maybe they might need one more defensive-minded wing. I don't know why PJ awesome. Tucker's fallen out, but he has. But I think the Clippers' long-term potential is better than Minnesota. And I think the loss against Embiid and the Sixers. Not the fact that they lost, but what they gave up to Embiid, basically it vindicates what I believe about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're on the rise, but they're not quite there yet.
0: I like the Clippers. I like what they're doing. I think, I think, I got to agree with you, man. You talked me into it. You talked me into it. I'm I'm rolling with the Clippers over the Wolves. They're going to have it. they're going to finish better. They're going to have a better season towards the end. And the, but, Chaz, I'm gonna, talking long term be potential. Even L- if the long, wolves, even if long term, yeah. long term. I'm dev- and here's the, here's the thing. I'll take it a step further and just say this before we move on. I think that Harden and Kawhi is actually the combination that we thought PG and Kawhi was going to be. It just early early sample size, yeah. But I think that Harden just does so much more from a playmaking and just flow of the offense type deal that. PG just doesn't have in his bag. And I think if they, how nice would the Clippers be if they just built around Kawhi and Harden kept Russ off the bench and traded PG for two more solid guys rather than yeah. one guy that's more injury prone. Like how much more depth could that Could the Clippers have if they, tra- if they got up off PG
1: and, and you could still develop Terrence Mann,
0: And, and I'm and telling still you, developed and, and yeah. just, and, just and, and, and we're just deep because, they just have a uh, an embarrassment of riches at this point in right. terms of how they figured it out, and this is for Ty Lue. If Ty Lue keeps this team above the sixth seed and they go to the Western Conference Finals, or or I'm sorry, I, I for, always forget that playoffs have nothing to do with the Coach of the Year award. But he should definitely be considered for Coach of the Year if he's able to get this Clippers team from where it was at. I think I think they were 12th or 13th at one point. With uh, all those losses,
1: oh yeah, out. they had lost six in a row. Kawhi yeah. led team had never lost six in a row, so they were dead in the water. But unfortunately, I think Mark Dagnall of the Oklahoma City Thunder and certainly Chris Finch of your Minnesota Timberwolves have got Tyloo beat as of now. Ty, anyway, for Tyloo's got to be considered.
0: He's, he's got to be at least considered and get some votes. He'll be considered, he, I'm sure. But this up, but Chad, listen what you just
1: said. Embarrass- embarrassment of riches. It's hard to award a coach for an embarrassment of riches. Why do you think Phil Jackson only has one coach of the year award?
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of embarrassment, Mm. you know who got embarrassed this week, Chris? Does it rhyme with Raylan Burtz? I don't know. I'll think about that and (laughs) tell you on the other side of this break. You know what? Here's to going for it and being terrible. Used to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court, oh maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, one even burst. though your swing is the worst. Used <laughs> to going down way harder than you get back Whipping up. Out. One more ball. <laughs> <laughs> to giving it your all, it out. even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? Ooh. <laughs> Trying to do something you've never done before.
1: <laughs> that doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the outlet Forum. in case you haven't already done. So be sure to download and follow all our shows on all major streaming platforms. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Google play. And of course we're on iHeartRadio. And also be sure to follow us on our social media pages on Twitter, as well as Instagram at the outlet Forum. That's at the outlet form. And also be sure to follow us on YouTube. You can get clips every week uh, from all our episodes at the outlet forum on YouTube. Okay, Chaz, from the hardwood to the gridiron, we got three weeks left in this NFL season, and it has been a wild one. One led by guys named Tommy Cutlets, Jake Brownies. Uh, He's not Jake Browning. He's Jake Brownies. (laughs)
0: Uh, Tommy Tommy Cutlets is my favorite, though.
1: Easton Stick. I mean, don't even get me started on that one. Now the quarterback of the L.A. Chargers. So it has been a bizarre season. And now Mason Rudolph, the return Aiden of Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, Nick Mullins. I mean, uh, uh, who was a Brett Rippey and started that game in Green Bay for the Rams. Oh, gosh, oh, hell I know. No. That's, a, that's, oh, hell a, no. that's, that's a sore that subject a re- right that there. That was a bad game. But we got three weeks left. The playoff picture in the NFC, it is wide open right now. But I think one of the stories, and I know you said you didn't, We didn't want to just focus on this, but let's at least start with it and how it's opened the door up for the rest of the NFC. Cause we also know it's Niners and everybody else right now. We wouldn't have said this, that two, three weeks ago, we would have said it's Niners Eagles and everyone else. Now the Eagles after a very tough loss on Monday night football, where Jalen hurts became a turnover machine. Some of it, his fault. Some of it with play calling. They have dropped three in a row. They have left the Seattle Seahawks very much in the playoff hunt. And that NFC East, the Cowboys, even though they just lost, they still got a chance at the division. So Chaz, what is going on with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles? You had your concerns last week. What have you learned uh, about them now that are, are are the concerns just the same? Or are they are they worse that, that you have? What have you learned about them over these They're last couple worse. weeks?
0: They're worse because you have the starting quarterback questioning guys' commitment. And when you think about it, why would he come out and say that? And and you look at his body language. You listen to the tone of his voice. Yeah. Check out check out this sound after the Monday night loss to the Seahawks after Drew Lock's game winning touchdown.
1: In, In those situations,
0: I've been talking about execution all year. Um, been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're all, were uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through.
1: What do you mean by that about being
0: committed enough? Commitment. I don't know nothing that. I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so to so to me, that just sounds like somebody that's not on the same page, either with some players or some coaches or both. That's what that sounds like to me. Because the secondary is beat up. Darius Slay is out. He had an arthroscopic surgery. So, But he's been getting torched all year. James Bradbury, the fourth. He got to work on the last two plays that set up both of those great throws by drew lock, a little fluky, a little lucky, but Hey, it is what it is. I obviously had the Philadelphia Eagles to cover. They did not cover. No, they were. I did too. I had the under, that was the only thing I cashed that night, but, (laughs) but getting back to the Philadelphia Eagles, I just think that there's something going on in that building. That's bigger than just football. People are on the same page and When you have the starting quarterback questioning commitment, it's bigger than what's on the field. It has to do with showing up to maybe meetings on time, giving it your all in workouts, attention to detail, all kinds of shit, man. So I'm not in on the Eagles. I don't think that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. I think that has the Niners written all over it. And I would actually bump the Cowboys up over the Eagles and say that the Cowboys are more likely to make, the NFC championship than the Eagles, because I think that the Eagles, even though they have the inside track on the division, shit, they lost to the Jets. They yeah. lost to the Seahawks. Now they have a pretty Bills, easy schedule.
1: They, on, the Bills. No, they, they, they,
0: they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way, but I just think that the, that, that the Cowboys could, if they face them, they definitely could beat them. They're definitely not scared of them. Mm-hmm.
1: And the
0: mm-hmm. Eagles are definitely weaker. I'm actually more inclined at what's happening at the bottom of the NFC and the and the AFC as well. But I'll stick with the e- NFC since we're already on it. What the Rams are doing. Yeah. What the what the Vikings had failed to do over the weekend after being up over the Bengals by a couple scores and Jamar Chase being out. Um what the Packers were not able to do at home the weekend, against Tampa. Yeah. At, at home against Tampa, where mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield got his team in the division lead at seven and seven. I think it's just interesting at what's going on, especially with Detroit not playing their greatest football. And whoever gets that sixth seed is probably going to have a pretty good chance of going into Detroit and beating them. So hopefully it's the Rams, which is my team. They have a really good chance, especially with the game they got on Thursday against the Saints. Gonna I'm really curious. I'm going to be a tough one, but I think yeah. that if they can get that one, very likely that they'll not only get in the playoffs, but possibly get that sixth seed, um, especially with, the Vikings still having the Lions twice, once on the road, once at home. And I just think that ultimately the Seahawks aren't going to be the team that gets in. If I had to pick the teams that are going to get in, it's the teams that are already set to get in right now. So that would be the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Rams, the, Se- uh, the Lions, the Niners, the Eagles. Those are the teams in the NFC. Now, really quick, just getting over to the AFC very disappointed in the Jaguars and what they look like and Trevor Lawrence looking mm. like a rookie quarterback and dropping the ball without even, I, he's, hurt even right he's hurt right now he's hurt right now yeah that get, ankle look, no
1: look, no I, I'm not trying to I'm just, ankle, just saying no, he got he not nothing look. to do with your
0: hands and dropping the ball
1: no that's right yeah I, I, I agree with you but I'm saying he's clearly not 100 percent yeah they're another team that's almost kind of taking an Eagles type drop off over these last uh, c- couple of weeks you know a tough loss I think who they lose to they lost to uh, the Browns didn't they didn't they lose uh, to, to Flacco and the Browns? And yeah, so I mean, there's yeah, been a so. lot, there, there's been a lot going on on that en- end of it. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, give credit to the Ravens. Ravens right now, they're the one, one of the teams that we're not talking about. Everyone keeps talking about in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bills, you know, are, are they going to figure it out? Freaking Baltimore, man. They, you know, they've had some tough losses, and all their losses have kind of been self-inflicted. Had they played a little bit better against Indy and the Steelers, uh, Cleveland, and and the Cleveland, that game was in the bag. Oh my gosh, how they coughed that one up! Up up by two touchdowns, right? But see, it seems as though they've learned their lesson, and in in their wins, Chaz, they've been dominant, and in their losses, it's like a play here, a play there. They have been really good. So. So to say that the Jaguars got smoked, yes, they did, but they
0: got smoked by the number one team in the AFC. Yeah, uh, but no, I'm look so just to provide right, would, you some say, context, would you say would you say the Jags are better than the Rams or have had a better season than the Rams? Overall, yeah, I think so both those, te- both those teams played the right Ravens. Who's the better team? The, the Jags or the Rams?
1: <sighs> kind of a, kind of a tough
0: one right there. I would say played-
1: I, I would say the Rams are playing better right now. But okay, I think the Jags who, have had the better season. Who played the Ravens tougher? Okay, I just said the Rams did, but I'm saying, going back to your question, who's had the better season, you can't judge that. Based- no, 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 I I asked you a different question. Who's the
0: better team right now? Jags or no, 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 Ravens? you
1: didn't say, that wasn't your
0: question. Your question I know, was, I know. I said I, I said I asked you the okay. wrong question. The right Got question it. is, who's the better team right now? The LA Rams, yes. Oh, wow, okay. All right. Yeah, never mind. And that, and that. No, you said right with, now, L.A. Rams, right now. Yeah, they're they're playing f- better football. I figured you would still say the Jags. No. I think the Jags have. I would. I, I would argue that the Jags have better players, and if they play to the absolute top capabilities, they're way better than the Rams. Once again, but, you said right now. You
1: said prisoner overall, of the moment, Jazz.
0: Overall, they're not supposed to be able to play worse against the Ravens than the Rams did. That's all I'm saying. I but, agree with you. Which well, is why ul- I said ul- the Rams. Ul- ultimately. I think it's going in the AFC. I'm still picking the chiefs. I'm still picking the chiefs. Kadarius Tony's hands are going to figure it out. It sets up for the biggest moment. The guy who's dropped the most passes all year, somehow some way is going to come up with the biggest touchdown in the playoffs to win the game. Mark it down, mark it down. Every, every, every year, this happened, just like James Bradbury, Got burned in the in the Super Bowl last year and mm-hmm. had to hold, and why he had to hold again this year, and he's getting called for it. Same thing with Kadarius Tony, but just the opposite. I think at some point he's going to come up with a big catch because he has before. Just because he's missed some big catches for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, especially a pick six in Week One against the Detroit Lions, and especially this last one in this in the last game. You're definitely going to see a game where Kadarius Tony comes up huge and yeah. MVS as well.
1: MVS, definitely. MVS was a big part of their success last year. All I was saying last week is they could have used one more sure-handed receiver that you know is got not, is going to run good routes, knows how to get open, going to secure the ball, and isn't afraid of the moment. And I thought the three guys that I listed out there, Lazard, Adam Thielen, and Devontae Parker, could have been those guys, Chaz. And one step further, they would have been easy to get. That's all I was saying, and I thought Brett Veach got a little too. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And it's like, don't think about we'll be fine right now. Think about what's going to happen in an AFC, you know, divisional game against the Ravens or an AFC divisional game against the Bills or against the Bengals or against the Jags or one of those teams. That's what I was saying. Don't think about it right now. Think about it 10 moves ahead like we were just comparing the Clippers to the Wolves. I, I think the Wolves may end up with a better record. Who's going to have the deeper run in the playoffs? Possibly the Clippers. That's what I was saying, what Brett Veach should have done for for the Chiefs. But Let me ask you this. You want to lean on Tony? Go, go right ahead, my friend. That is your prerogative.
0: I'm just so confused in the AFC because I think there's a bunch of teams that are in that won't get in when it's all said and done. I don't think the Bills and the Colts are going to get in.
1: I think they do. I think the Bills will I, find a way.
0: No, I said the. I'm, I'm sorry. I did say the Bills, the Bengals, and the Colts. The oh, Bengals yeah. are six. The Colts are seven right now. I think the Browns get in, but I don't know about the Bengals and the Colts. I think the Colts have been frauds all year, they lost their quarterback. I think hey, Gardner Minshew, downsides. man,
1: Gardner uh, the, Minshew
0: they're, the, the Texans have lost their quarterback for the last two games with a with the concussion. And I just don't know what to make of the Dude. Buffalo Bills. Dude. Who are the, who are the real Buffalo Bills? Chazard, the one me... that, that blow up the best defense in the league or the one that loses on a last second you know, touchdown to the chiefs, like, or, uh, to the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and by the way, Hertz and Allen have been turnover machines, by the way, just to give you some perspective on the Colts at Atlanta at home against LV, the Raiders, and then at home against the Houston Texans, who we don't even know where where they're going to be at, uh, with, with the injury right now to, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, CJ Stroud. Although Case Keenum, they won that game last week. So they're, they're still very much alive. That could be a playoff game uh, right then and there. That could decide the playoffs. So, you know, give Gardner Minshew and furthermore, Shane Stike and the rookie head coach in Indy, they've done, they have surpassed expectations. Even if they don't end up making the playoffs, Chaz, which I think they might be able to sneak in just based on schedule, strength of schedule, all three of those games are winnable. They're not facing a Buffalo, a KC, a Baltimore, any of those teams. And by the way, they beat Baltimore this year. So that's not even a you know saying saying a whole lot. Um, so wh- who's in it right now? Miami, KC. Who, who's in the playoff picture for
0: sure? My, Baltimore, Miami. Cleveland, Jacksonville. Baltimore. Seven teams, right? That make it seven teams. C- Cincinnati and Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, since okay, yeah, I think I think Indy's going to find a way. But you're right though. You've got uh, five teams at eight and six. The so. volatility because Miami can't be trusted. Right, They've had some very disappointing losses, including to the Tennessee Titans on Monday Night Football, up two scores with three minutes to go. You think that game is over, and they found, found a way to lose that game. So, I wonder if they're frauds. Like, you're talking about Indy being frauds. I think Miami's um, a fraud,
0: to be quite honest just, with you. I'm just going to say this. I think none of this matters. I think the Super Bowl has the Niners name written all over it, and it's theirs to lose.
1: I know, but we're talking AFC. And NFC, I 100% I know, agree, I know, I know, yeah. I know.
0: I just, I just, it just popped in my head. I was just looking at everything, and I was just like, you know what? Like, this next game on, on Christmas from the Ravens and the Niners, I like the spread, Ravens plus five and a half, because how can you give that team almost six points on the road? But you got to take it. It's just too many points. But the Niners are going to, I think when not only win that game, they could win out for the rest of the season until they get to the Rams and then just rest everybody. Well, Hopefully, hold on. Are they, they oh, who, who gets a buy by the way? Is there two teams top that team. get the buy?
1: Just the top, top team, team in
0: each conference.
1: And you know One. what? With the Eagles dropping off Cowboys where they're at right now. I don't see anyone else. Yeah. Definitely not anyone from the NFC South. Yeah. I, I think if they sit purdy in them, but then again, they may want to F with the Rams. I don't know. That week 18 is going to be very interesting. And there's a reason why, Chaz, right now, the time says TBA for week 18, yeah. Jan- yeah. January 7th.
0: Because so, so, they want everybody to play at the same time. So that way you have all the motivation in the world to do your best. So I like that they do that for the fans. And I look forward to week 18. Or is it 19? 18. 18. Week 18. Yeah. Now, another sport, another signing, another pitcher to watch. The Yamamoto watch is still going on its swayed this way, and that way. But in the meantime, the Dodgers have still made move after move. They announced Shohei Otani. They announced the fact that he had deferrals. They announced the fact that he has a clause, a key man clause, that says that if uh, Friedman and Mark Walter are gone, that he's gone or could be gone if he decides to go. But in the midst of all that, they traded for Tyler Glass now and then signed him to an extension. Overall, six years, $135 million. The Dodgers get another ace, another guy at the top of their rotation, and they're still hunting for more. They're using exactly what the deferrals in Otani's contract are for, and they're in on Yamamoto. They had a meeting with him. I guess, purportedly, Yamamoto was very impressed with Otani being in that meeting. Sure. Just like just like how the Dodgers closed Otani with that Kobe video that they had from six years ago that they kept in the stash, which I loved. Love that that story.
1: That was pretty awesome. And by the way, Otani has wasted no time. He signed that contract to be like, I'm in. Let let me help you out. Even Tyler Glass now, the newest Dodger. By the way, that extension was for four years, 110 million plus the 25 he's making this upcoming season for a total of five years, 135 million. But Chaz, listen what he said on on what Otani told him during the recruit meeting, the recruiting meeting. And when in all of that did you get the Shohei Otani video? With after the, oh, in that window, I think it
0: was like whether I was going to do the extension or not. I think that was like dependent on the trade, and then I got it.
1: Well, I don't even remember when it was. I woke up one morning, though, and then my GM sent it to me. And there was, like, a translation under it. And I was like, that's kind
0: of cool. Like, this is this is adding a lot of points.
1: Uh, and just being on his team and then having him send me a video was, was pretty sick. I was, It was
0: a nice morning to wake up to that.
1: Yeah, did did you, you keep that video? Say again? Did you, did
0: you keep that video? Like, is that, yeah, is that saved? Did you, like,
1: hit the little icon next to it and, like, save it to your – yeah, that's in my camera roll for sure. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna send that to somebody else and be like <laughs> Yeah, exactly?
0: <laughs> it was in Japanese too, so I could. For all I know, it could've just been like a random video about something, but I had like a <laughs> translation paragraph, so I don't know. That is a good <laughs> idea though. Yeah, try and get someone else in the future years, see if they'll send a video. It's a good idea. That's what I mean.
1: So not only does Otani want glass now with him in the rotation. Once Otani of course is healthy enough to pitch. He's like, I I, I want to hit some home runs uh, for you. And you know, that's the one thing with glass now is it's his career specifically the last three, four years have been riddled with injury. And I think that's, you know, when people say, Oh, well look at his postseason numbers, a 5.72 career ERA. I mean, you got to look at a couple of things. One, he's been going up against either the Dodgers in two starts of the 2020 World Series. He's seen a steady diet of the Yankees, a steady diet of the Houston Astros. These are teams that could bop. Plus, it sounds like he's never really been healthy. It seems like if he could just put it all together, stay healthy, sprinkle a little Mark Pryor dust on, on him, this guy could Dodger be dust. a little, little Dodger dust, but specifically from Mark Pryor, put him in the Pryor lab. This guy could be an elite pitcher. That's that's always been the issue with with the Dodgers. Uh, or I'm sorry, with uh, with Tyler Glass now. So, and plus, he's back home. The guy's a Santa Clarita native, and he's back home pitching for his hometown team. But here's the thing, Chaz. I know everyone's on Yamamoto watch, but I found the Dodgers, I'm looking at plans B and C. Keep your eyes on Blake Snell. Everything's been quiet. No one's talking about Cor- Blake Snell.
0: Corbin Burns?
1: Corbin Burns. That's another Can sport. I
0: interest you a little... Corbin Burns action on the side.
1: And to be quite honest, Burns being a former uh, Cy Young Award winner, that's a guy I would definitely, he's a proven winner in this league. And this is a guy who has also been, you know, been to the postseason. He's pitched in some big games. Not to say Snell hasn't. I'd be good with either one of them. Um, But with Burns, you're going to have to cough up something. Are you willing to cough up a Landon Knack, a Gavin Stone, and maybe even, part ways with Miguel Vargas and Michael Bush before their value takes any more of a hit. And the thing about it is you don't have any, not only these guys suspect at the plate, you don't have any positions to really play them in the field, especially now with Mookie taking over at second base. Michael Bush is not a good enough left fielder. You may want to sell high on these guys and give them an opportunity to start every day somewhere. So that's why I would keep the Corbin Burns line open. In case things don't work out with Yamamoto.
0: Your Let me thoughts. Just say this. I, I like that. I, I know you like to play it safe a little bit more than I do. You have that, you know, sure thing, that plan B, that back pocket to fall back on. But I'm all in on Yamamoto. Because if the Dodgers get him, they completely transform their entire rotation and it sets them up for the future as well. And sure. they get a lot more depth also to go with the young guns that they already have to go with guys that are going to be Walker coming Bueller, back. Yeah. Walker may Bueller. like I, I'm thinking Gonson. about you. I'm talking May. I'm thinking Gonsolin. I'm thinking Bobby Miller. I'm thinking yeah. Yamamoto. I'm thinking Otani next year. Hopefully. Oh, Emmett you know, Sheehan, I'm just, maybe. I'm huh? Emmett Sheehan. Unless he's Sheehan. dealt. Sheehan yeah. I, obviously. So I'm just, I, that's the biggest thing because for the, the Dodgers, I'm not really concerned about their bats. The reason why is because I think that Otani, I said it last week, injects that kind of fervor into them, that competitive edge. Their bats are going to wake up in October just by having Otani on the roster, especially if he's in uniform and not hurt. But that pitching staff, they did good. The bullpen was good. It was the starters that did them in. So they got to get Yamamoto. And whatever it takes... I don't care if it takes 350 or even 375. he deferred 68 million dollars per year to go get for this yeah for this there's no other player that you could even offer this kind of money to that would make that mu- amount of sense this is why he deferred that much money. Go get Yamamoto. and by the way, I have one question where the hell was Hideo Nomo at that pitch meeting?
1: One of the first Japanese greats. And where did he sign, Chaz? Rookie of the year in 95 with the LA Not Dodgers. That? And one of the few pitchers, I think one of the only pitchers, to ever throw a no-hitter at Coors Field. The most oh, un- wow. pitcher-friendly part. Oh, wow. I yes. didn't know that. That was a great,
0: great stat. My, hey, my man is on that, guys. Because Hell I didn't yeah. even think he had that. That that sounded like it was off the top of the dome too. It doesn't even look like you looked down to read that. Either. Oh, I didn't but, read shit, dog. Yeah. I was looking at you the whole time. Let me let me, just, let me just say <laughs> let me just let me just say this as well. Like, I I just think that it comes down to the Yankees and the Dodgers. I don't think that the Mets are in it as much as they say they are, and I don't think that the uh, who's the other Giants. Team? Giants? Giants. I, yeah. I just I I think that. Otani not going there is going to rub off on Yamamoto just a little bit because he, from what I read, enjoys the bright lights. So it it sounds like Yankees or Dodgers, Mets, a little bit more of a distant third. Yeah, and and two things happen with the Mets.
1: One, they traded for Hauser, uh, another good starting pitcher. Now, that doesn't necessarily take them out of the Yamamoto sweepstakes, but to me, it does two things it certainly makes the situation a little more murkier and it opens up the possibility that maybe the brewers might be selling more than they're letting on because originally they were saying Chaz no on Corbin Burns. We're going to keep them. And you know, if we deal them, it's going to be probably not till the summertime during the trade deadline. So that's a few things that have kind of opened up the doors. That's why I brought up the Burns situation that, if you strike out on Yamamoto, it's not the end of the world knowing you could still maybe strike a deal later to get Corbin Burns or you turn your attention to Blake Snell. And, we, and let's agree, the Dodgers could use another lefty in that rotation, especially with the you know the uncertain status of Clayton Kershaw and the fact that Julio Diaz is probably not going to pitch in the MLB at all next year and, and, and who knows. Or ever this, again. Or possibly. ever again, exactly. But or here's the, the other thing to watch out for with the Yankees. Just like the Dodgers have a history of signing. Japanese-born players, so do the Yankees. Hideki Matsui, Masahiro Tanaka. I'll even take it back to the 90s, even though he was a disaster, Hideki Arabu. So they have got a history of that just like the Dodgers do. Matsui wasn't? Hideki Matsui. And, and they eventually signed Ichiro, but they didn't, they didn't draft Ichiro. They, they signed him toward on right, the back right. nine of, of his career. So uh, they definitely Shit. have a history. Back, back three. Well, yeah, well right. he saw he had the salt and pepper uh, salt and pepper, but Dodgers are in good shape. They've got options. They could go the trade route, they can go the signing route, like you said, this deferment. The the, the name of our episode last week, the great deferment has set up a whole plethora of opportunities. But I also want to keep one more thing in in, in mind before we wrap up. They could still use one more right-handed bat. They can They the left field. And who do you like? Oh, I've been saying this guy's name for for weeks, if not months. Teoscar Hernandez, coming off a really good season with the Seattle Mariners. Before that, he was a solid uh, hitter uh, with the uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. He brings an element of swag. He's the Diet Coke version of what the Dodgers would have liked to have gotten in Randy Arena. You
0: You, know, you you start him over who? Who? uh, Teoscar? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, he would he would he could start in right. So you could platoon him with Jason Hayward, uh, and and put him in right field, or you could put him in left. And you've also got Manuel Margot, who could play center and right. Who they also that, that was a that's who I want in the lineup. Yeah, Margot, Margot's solid. Margot's a solid hitter, no question about it. And I think that's a little bit of insurance in case James Altman hits a sophomore slump and has to be optioned to AAA at some point. I oh, hope that doesn't happen. I hope no No, no,
0: James Allen. I know, I know, but Gavin Lux revenge season coming. Exactly. And and who
1: do you have backing him up? Miguel Rojas. What I am saying, Chaz, is you want to be covered in all these areas. And when I look at this Dodger lineup and I look at the outfield, I'm like, it's solid. I just think they, maybe I'm crazy. If they say Chris Taylor is going to be the everyday left fielder, I'm cool with that. Taylor had a solid season last year, hitting the ball. And he was certainly clutch for the Dodgers. And Chaz, let's be honest, he was the only one, in addition to Will Smith, who hit in 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 the series against Arizona? You know, okay. everyone else was a ghost town, especially Mookie and Freddie. Don't even get me started. But Teoscar Hernandez, Kike, if he's available, maybe you maybe you have a reunion with with him and or Jock. But one more outfielder bat would be nice. I'd love i I'd love for it to be JD, but that's not going to happen. Okay,
0: probably probably not. But I'm I'm excited. I'm this is the most excited I've been for an MLB season probably ever, probably. No, actually, the The most exciting one was after we got Freddie and then the most exciting one before that was when we got Mookie. And then the Mookie, most yeah. exciting one before that was after we uh won the World or got to the World Series and thought we were going to win in 2018. But then Mookie did it to us when he was in Boston. So they had a historic season. But, man, just love this sports shit, man. You guys know we bleed this shit. So listen to us every week. Tap in with us. Give us those comments. Give us that feedback. You know, we don't, you know, shy away from any of that. So we'd like to hear what you guys think, what your opinions are. You guys know where to get at me on Instagram at Chaz P on Twitter at Chaz Pearson. Chris, where can they get at you, my man?
1: You could always follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo on Instagram. See uh, Camelo one. And of course, be sure to follow us on our social media pages at the outlet forum. That's at the outlet forum. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Chaz and I are done for the year. I want you guys to have a great holiday season. Eat some good food. Spend time with your families. Hopefully, everybody gets hooked up with some with some great gifts. We're going to see you back first or second week of January, my friend. Have we figured that out yet? Do you want to do it? Uh, are we coming back the second or the ninth? Or, I'm sorry, the third or the ninth? We're coming back the third. What do you mean? Okay. No, just want to make sure. So, we'll be back. We're not taking two weeks off. We're only taking one week off. But we'll be back. In a couple weeks before you even knew we were gone.
0: It's too too much going on. Too much going on. Exactly. All right. Great stuff, my friend. Appreciate you guys tapping in. And I'm about to have a baby as well. Man, life is going on. See you guys next week or two weeks from now. Sorry. Peace.